Tonight and tomorrow night, okay, full moon of Scorpio, as we know, this is uh, affecting us. Mercury is in retrograde, Neptune is in retrograde, everything is in retrograde right now. What does that mean? What's the positive side of it? It means it's going back. Retrograde meaning the thing's going back. What does that mean going back? What is in the past that you had a missed opportunity in communication? That's your chance. What is in the past that you couldn't dig into your personality and be honest with yourself? That's your chance. All of this is happening until November 17. November 17, things will start changing. You know, it will be like a big shift. And then November 21st, that's where the biggest shift that exists. And you're going to see, might see it in the stock market, might see it in a different area. But tonight we would like to talk about Vayera, the portion, the message of this week. And as I promise you, tonight will be related a little bit to relationship between people, romantic relationship, regular relationship. It's a very, very important information that can um, basically affect our life. So I would first share with you the story that you all know, the Vayera story, we all know the story. It's a very simple story, continue from last week. Abraham, Abraham, um, basically followed the order of God to circumcise himself. I don't need to describe to you how painful it is. And there is no mohel, there is no somebody who's doing it for him, he's the mohel. There is no what, 1-800 Brit Milah, there is, he's the Brit Milah. He's the one who, who, who do it. Uh, I don't know about the knife situation 3,800 years ago. So, the, you know, Baruch Hashem, this volcano and the storm, you know. <laughs> you got the message. So, basically, that's circumcision. And Avram decided to do it. But Avram was worried, being chesed, being a kind person, he was worried that if he would be in pain, maybe he would lose the opportunity of giving. And we need to learn a lot about it. A lot of time, the Zohar says in this week portion that how do you know that God loves you? Let's say you want to find the sign that God loves you. It says God presents to you a poor person. If you meet a person who needs help, that's, that's God's way to say to you, I love you. Now, poor person can be poor of knowledge, poor of money, the, the Zohar go to list, poor of knowledge, poor of money poor of love, poor of many, many area, and they present themselves to you that they don't have, and it's your job to give. And then when you give, you actually been activated, the tselem, tselem means the image of the creator within your soul. So every time you meet people who are not doing so well, and you are excited to help them, that's actually God's gift to you. It's not just coincidence that, that you meet a poor person. It's not just a coincidence that you met a person who doesn't know something. It's just helping you. A lot of time, we get annoyed by that, you know? You're in the middle of something, and you're afraid to forget what you're doing, and somebody comes to ask you, let's say, what time is it? Some people get, get upset that somebody will ask them, what time is it? And they start thinking like, why somebody bother me about asking me what time is it? And they don't look at the person who needs your help actually is your savior. And for that reason, when we already give, we feel we're better. And instead of, when we give, we have to see that it's not that I'm better, it's actually that person is giving me the opportunity, true opportunity, to become better than what I am. Because life is not about getting what you want. That's not happiness. Life is about achieving a level that I know who I am. How would you know who you are 
if everything goes smooth. So a lot of time people want the problem to go away. They pray to God, God, please make the problem go away. What if that problem that happened in your life is the problem to define you and design you for a better life? What, what if it's that so? And it is so, by the way. But what if everything that happened to you in your life is actually to define you and making sure that your next journey will be okay? A lot of time people are struggling in a relationship. Problem in a relationship. Everybody has issue with relationship. Either romantic, either the brother, the sister, some relationship issue. One of the reasons God sent us back here in this universe is to deal with relationship. That's what we are here. So in every person, has a different area. Brother, sister, wife, husband, children. You're going to end up in a relationship issue. Whoever is, exists in this world has to suffer from that. Has to. Has to. And additional, sometimes they give you additional, if you want something on the side, a little bit health issue and a little bit money issue. That's called additional issue. But relationship, you got to have. You got to have a relationship issue. This is life. C'est la vie. How you deal with it, that's the secret. So if you look at the relationship issue as the problem and you want it to go away, everybody wants a perfect wife, a perfect husband. You know, everybody, I mean, I meet a lot of people, everybody says, where do I find that perfect persona? Where date do I go on to find the perfect being? You know, but you know, I have, those of you who know, in my draw, I have a mirror to people who are open-minded. And I open the mirror usually, I say, look at this person. Do you like that person? Okay, good, on Friday night, asked my family, I said to them, if the movie of life, the movie that you're going to see in a movie theater, think about where, where do you like, the Grove, and walk into the Grove, and the movie names will be you. Would you go see it? Would it be something that you would sit and eat popcorn and say, oh my God, I've seen many movies, but this one is the movie that I haven't seen. It's a question you have to ask yourself. And if it's not, that's when you don't like your life. That's when you don't like what you do. That's when you don't like what's going on. And if you don't like what's going on, what are you going to do about it? Are you on a waiting list for yourself? You have to ask yourself that. I'm not saying that the person you're with is the problem. I am the one who don't want to make the jump. If I don't want to make the jump, then why am I blaming the wife, the husband, the children, the neighbor? The, eh? Well, the circumstance. You know, people say circumstance. God bless my sister. Just Capricorn, so Capricorn, I always forgive them because for Capricorn to make a move, it's uh, next lifetime, as you know. But you know, it's difficult, you know, because they can get stick to Taurus and Capricorn, very similar, and you know, we're suffering. What can we do? The laundry machine doesn't work. Well, it's gonna be <laughs> next lifetime. We fix it. <laughs> it's like this. I don't get it. Debbie said that I'm more Gemini than Gemini. And because my moon is in Gemini, my rising is almost Gemini, so I, I, in the morning I decided we're eating bagel, and at night it's already pasta. It's changed, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm unstable with my desire, maybe. But going back to our subject, Abraham, after he'd been circumcised, he's in severe pain. God sending him guests. Those guests happened to be angels. I said happened to be angels for a reason. They didn't look like angels. What is the Torah telling us they look like? They look Ishmaelim. Ishmaelim is the old days of Arabs. Arabs. So there is three Arabs walking in, okay? Not exactly with his belief system. His belief system was one belief system, how to bring people into one God. He's in pain. I don't know if you know about surgery. The third day of the surgery, usually it's when the highest level of the pain. After the third day, the end of the third day, the surgery becomes better. The question that all the commentary ask, 
if Avram is in pain, it's very hot outside. He did, he did the, the circumcision in Israel when it was hot day, summer. Three guests coming by. What is the story with this guy Avram? Avram realized one thing. What am I here for? To share. What makes me happy? Sharing. What makes me really happy? Giving. If we don't come to that conclusion that the true essence of life is giving, we're always going to be busy with what better there and what. We're never going to be rest. You can't rest and be satisfied if you think it's better there. And I think my house is not big enough. And my car is not new enough. And my shoes is not, uh, I don't know, some brand name now. This, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. It works like, how can I share what I already have? Now you are happy. People say, when I'm going to be rich, I'm going to open my house for everybody and make party. If I only have the big house. Can you walk in your house alone? Yes. I'm sure there is 10 people who can come there. Everybody can make party in the house. Stop being cheap with your room, with your place. Stop with that. Get out of it. Avram had a tent. Not a tent. You know, tent with some goat. Mm -hmm. And cows. He opened the tent on four sides. You know why four sides? So he can see everybody passing by. Maybe he missed opportunity of giving. I remember it was a couple that came to see me one time. And they want to have children. They couldn't have kids. What should we do to have kids? I said, one thing. You have to have guests in your house. So we have a small house. We're very ashamed. We have one couch. Said, have a guest in your house. And I kept telling them, so no other. I said, okay, invite me. I want to come to you. Invite. Can you invite me one time for a tea? Tea and a cookie. That's all what I need from you. I bring it myself. Just invite me one time. <laughs> it's a true story. Debbie knows the story. True story. Florida. I said, please invite. Just invite me. No, this. And talk about the invitation. Then I go to their home. And I'm so happy they came. And that, that they came. I'm happy too. Thank you for coming. And I was very happy, I was very happy to, to go there. And thank God, right after that, the wife uh, uh, got pregnant with twin, you know? And for the age of the lady, I mean, it was unexpected to, that it would be happening like that. But a miracle happened. What was a miracle happening? Abraham have Ishmaelim, not angels. The question is why? Why they couldn't send them the, what we call the perfect guest? Hospitality is considered one of the greatest things that a human being can do. If you want to know one of the greatest things you do as a spiritual person is hospitality. Feeding people in your home, let people come to your home. Your home is built not for you. Most people think, okay, that's my home. Yeah, maybe it's a real estate investment, but you're supposed to share your home. It cannot just be in your home because the energy of your home is as much as many people coming to visit it. That's what brings energy. Health energy, money energy, everybody, everything comes from there. The guest was not one of those guests you've put on Facebook. You know, put them on Instagram. Ishmaelim. They were not angels. He didn't know it was Michael the angel, Gabriel the angel, and Raphael the angel. It was three angels. He didn't know. That's what makes Avram unique. Avram get reward for inviting anybody to his house. He didn't look for the perfect guest. Oh my God, this is the designer from Versace is in my home. Let me take a picture. You know, what is this? This is what people are doing today. The guest has to do with me sharing, but not looking for the perfect guest. Guest is the worst guest. When you get the worst guest, that's how you get rewarded. Let me tell you a story, share with you a story. It's a story that happened in Eastern Europe to a man by the name of Moshe. Moshe was a professional thief. He used to steal. 
That's what he used to do. It was a poor neighborhood in Poland. Those of you who know Poland, there is a place called Krakow. Krakow is a, is a city right now. It's fancy and beautiful. But Krakow was the poorest neighborhood in Poland. Nothing, nothing was worse than living in Krakow. And he was a thief there. How much money can you make? <laughs> Maybe a dollar a month, you know, that you can steal. People have no money. But that's what Moshe did. Moshe had the rabbi. His rabbi was the most famous rabbi. Happened to be the Baal Shem Tov. The great Baal Shem Tov is one of the greatest companies of all time. And after he steal, he go to the Baal Shem Tov and say, Rabbi, bless me so the police will not find me. And the rabbi bless him. Two stories. And the police never caught him. That's his life. It's telling the whole story in the book. It's amazing. And he go back there and he get blessing. And of course, you judge the rabbi by me telling you the story. We all judge the rabbi. And we know stealing in any religion is wrong. And what is going on with that story? And we keep going. The story keeps going. And there is a reason why I share with this view. And hopefully it stay with your mind for the rest of your life. One time, Moshe, that's his name, decided that it's time to steal something more than $2. Hey, let's, let's be rich. So the Tsar from Russia was passing by. With army, with money, with gold. He said, that's, that's a catch. I can't do it alone. He get the thief, not just from Krakow, he get it from all the farm, from all the area, say, it's time for us to do something big, so we will have enough money for the year. All agree, he said, but you know, if they caught us, they're going to kill us. This is, this is the end. He said, no, I have a special weapon. I have a rabbi named the Baal Shem Tov. He blessed me, and no police. You don't have to worry. He said, no, seriously? He said, yes. He said, that's my magic. Was I ever been caught? He said, you never. He said, because he blessed me. I believe in my rabbi. And he's a thief. What a, what a rabbi to accept a thief as a student, huh? So they go and they arrange all things, being very successful, stole a lot of money. The Tsar make an announcement in, in Poland and Russia, whoever caught those people, I will pay them and I will make sure I kill them myself. Everybody gets scared, they're all hiding, they're hiding the money. Moshe said, please don't worry. It's, it's, it's uh, Shavuos, it's the holiday of Shavuot. Let me just go up and seek my rabbi. Two hands on my head and everything is gone. So he go, he walk into the shul, he say, I, uh, where's the Baal Shem Tov? And he say, it's a holiday now. He say, no, where, where is he? I really need him. Uh, there's people who <laughs> try to kill me here, so I need him. I say, he died. The people say he died because, you know, he died on Shavuot. So he said, what do you mean? I mean, who is, who is in charge here? Who is in charge? So they take him to the in charge. I cannot say his name. It's not nice to say. So who's in charge? So he go to the in charge and say, yes, my name is Moshe. I'm a professional robber and thief. And I get, I get blessing from your teacher every time there. The rabbi gets so angry with him. He said, get out of here. Are you making fun of us? Don't you get it? It's, it's not allowed. And he starts giving him the whole lecture and kick him out. He doesn't know what to do. He starts crying. Moshe starts crying. Where is he? Going to the graveyard. Going to the graveyard to the grave of the Baal Shem Tov. He lies on the grave and starts crying. Say, Master, I don't know what to do. That's all what I know. I know to steal, and I know to come to you after I steal, so everything's going to be okay. And now, I stole, but I don't know what to go to. So I came to you, and he cried, and he cried. He fell asleep in the graveyard. As he fell asleep, his soul reached heaven, to the Garden of Eden, where they study all the secret study. And he reached the Baal Shem Tov. Baal Shem Tov said, what are you doing here? He said, I don't know where to go. You know, the, the Tsar tried to kill me. I stole like I do. And you are not here. Nobody is there to bless me, he said. See, he didn't leave any rabbi that makes sense to me. No, none of those rabbis want to talk to me. So no, no, I left one rabbi who actually been in charge of the thief. His name is Degel Machane Ephraim. That is them. 
you go to Degel Bachanevim, Rabbi Ephraim, is my, my family member, he will take care of you. But he will not listen to you until I tell you what to tell him. You have to tell him what we studied last night in the Garden of Eden. Every night in the Garden of Eden, they study secret stuff from the Zohar, Tikkunah Zohar, it's been revealed to them. And then they share it among the, all the righteous. And because he's one of the 36 righteous, if you share that with him, he's for sure going to believe that you have been with me. He go, wake up, he's so excited, he go to Degel Bahrain, knock on the door, and the rabbi is so humble, he opened his own door, said, how can I help you? He say, my name is Moshe, I'm the thief in the town, I'm the professional thief, and I go usually to Bar Shemto to get a blessing, and now, please bless me, because the Zara is about to kill. Say, please leave the room right now, I don't want to talk to you. So no, you don't understand, it's true. So, I'm not, I'm not in charge of none of those things. I don't know what you're talking about. So last night, he screamed before he closed the door. Last night, you studied the whole secret of the Sukkah and how to do all the Kavanot, all the meditation. And he opened the door. He opened the door. So how do you know that? Say, so your grandfather, the Baal Shem Tov, the master of all masters, showed me what you studied, all the secret. He showed me everything. Say, so come in, come in right away. So he sit with him, and he was shocked. He say, you said you're a thief. How did you know so many secrets like that? From the Torah, from, 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 from the Zohar, how do you know that? Say, he shared with me. That's the end of the story. The one who tells the story is another Kabbalist. And when he tells the story, he tells the story usually, they share the story before Rosh Hashanah. And they share the story, and they say that that man, that Moshe, changes his entire life after that. Stop stealing, stop doing bad, and he become a great rabbi, but they don't mention his name, so people will not judge who he was before. And what do we learn from that? We can become very judgmental over what people are doing, or what people should be doing, what people should not be doing. This is, we are always with the camera on the person what we are. Baal Shem Tov, I think he was a little bit more than me, I don't know about you, but he was more than me, okay? How did he accept? How do you accept? The only way you can understand, it's something I talk in third meal on Shabbat, from Rabbi Moshe Chaim Lotzato. Rabbi Moshe Chaim Lotzato talk about it. There's no bad in the world. If you think there is bad in the world, you are almost making fun of God. There is no bad. It will never be bad in the world. It's always good. Because if you look at the long-term picture, the end is always good. Rabbi Moshe Chaim Lotzato writes in the book of Kabbalah, he writes a whole section about that when people start believing that there is bad, Let's say you're going to have a shalom God forbid, health issue, romantic problem, uh, uh, money issue. The end will always be good. Uh, why sometimes it's stretched to be longer bad is because I'm sitting in it and I'm complaining that it's bad. When you say it's bad, you're right. It is bad and it will continue to be bad. When you say it's going to be good in it and you try to search the good within it, the good become a life. It's whatever you choose. How is that connect to Abraham? Avram didn't care who the guest would be. He was not busy if the guests are angel, Michael, or Gabriel, or Raphael. They were Ishmaelim Pshutim, Ovre Orach, meaning they just pass it by. Avram say, anybody is my guest. I don't care who you are. And that's why if you know the Bedouin, the Bedouin is a, is a tribe, the tribe, the original tribe of you can see them in Israel when we travel to Israel. You're going to see the tent. It's opening between the Dead Sea. They, they live in their tradition. They don't like you sometimes. If you walk one step into their tent, even if they want to kill you, by the way, that's their law. If they want to kill you, you are the enemy, and their mission is to kill you, once you step into the tent, an inch into the tent, they leave everything. You are the enemy that they want to kill. Put the coffee, start pouring the coffee, and they will never stop serving you 
If you drink the cup, when he finished the cup, my son didn't know that. He went in Israel trip and he drank uh, tea. So I, I told him, listen, if you finish it, they will come after you to fill it up. They will never stop. The only way they don't stop, you have to drink half and leave it, and then they leave you alone. Because that's tradition they took from Avram, and they have to fill it up all the time and feed you all the time. Because that's the tradition. They can't help it. After you get out of the tent, different rules, okay? In the tent, different rules. So it's not exactly like Avram, because Avram welcomed people from outside into the inside, okay? So that's the first lesson that we learn about relationship, romantic relationship. No relationship is no judgment. It's the first thing is we're judging a lot. We're judging a lot of behavior of human being, neighbors, brother, sister, what they do for a living, what they don't do for a living, who they love, what they love, what the sexual preferences in life. It's not my business. My business is to practice like, to practice love, to practice to become kind. It's for me, it's not for them. This is to welcome everybody into my tent. Tent is not only your home, tent is also your heart. That's also a big tent. And you let them in. The story continues. The angel sitting with Avraham, and they're telling him that Sarah will be having a baby. Okay. And they ask, where is your wife? When they ask, where is your wife? The commentary by the name of Rashi asks, angels, they know where is his wife. When they ask, where is his wife? Is to make sure to tell the husband, how great is your wife? Usually, you know, when women, it's a woman, a keret abait. A keret abait, she's the main part of the entire home. Woman is always the one holding the home together. So, when the angel come in, and Abraham is there, and Sarah is not just jumping in, say, oh my God, yes, oh, thank you, this, that. And she's humble enough not to make the show about her. They try to tell Abraham, where is your wife? In, in a compliment way, look at her. She's so humble, she doesn't even try to show off and show, oh my God, you like my furniture, you like the goat, you like this and that. Humble, say nothing, nobody call me, I will wait for them to call me. When she heard that she will be pregnant, she's laughing. And that part, the Ari make, I will make it short because it's a long part of the Ari, they teach about romantic relationship. And that's what Rabbi Isaac Luria writes. She was laughing because she got her period. And she said, the Adoni Zaken, my husband is old. When she say, my husband is old, she laugh a little bit because at that time that the angel walk in, she get her period back. Now I'm talking about people in the age of 90. She was 90, he was 100. So just get the idea, okay, a little bit. Inezavar zematmiya, say Rabbi Isaac Luria, I'm wondering about what Sarah did. Because when God come to Avram and say, why is your wife laughing? Why is she laughing? She doesn't believe that she can be pregnant? And Sarah say, it's not true. She actually canceling the words of God. Can you imagine God coming to your couple retreat relationship? It's God himself. And you kind of say, ah, God, I'm not sure what you're saying is correct. So, Rabbi Ezekiel say, she say, how she was afraid to say, I didn't laugh about what I, you think I laugh, but she was not afraid by saying, I disagree with you, God. Can you imagine only woman in the Bible for the first time ever, ever, to say to God, not to, it's not what I laugh. I laugh that my husband doesn't have capability to make love. And, and 
That's it. That's what I was laughing about. And I'm ready because I can have babies. But she didn't say what it's about. Nothing. She didn't say it. It's beautiful to learn from Sarah Soma how to behave in a, in a very nice time. God purposely changed the word of Sarah. He changed because God said, I have to bring peace between two people. Can you imagine God changed the whole thing just to make sure that the two people get along? Can you imagine God changed it? It's a lie in a way. She didn't laugh about it. God almost made her feel terrible that she lied, but she didn't. She said, my husband is old. And God said, you said that you are old. She never said that. But what's beautiful, say Dari, she didn't say why she disagreed. She could say, God, excuse me, I disagree because I laugh about him, not about me. She say, I just disagree. And she didn't take it further so somebody will get hurt. We need to learn the Midah of Sarah. It was only in her mind, whatever she was laughing about. Even God say in her name, she said, I didn't, I didn't laugh. So instead of saying what I was laughing about, she said, I didn't laugh. She didn't come with the words why did she disagree with God. She just said that I didn't laugh. Because she wants her husband to be busy with her didn't laugh or did laugh, not to be busy that maybe she was judging him that he's not capable to have babies. What do we learn from that from Sarah? And what do we learn from that from God? It's, I think it's a lesson. A lot of time we believe that being honest is the right way. Or being brutally honest is the right way. Everybody think honesty means spirituality. You ask people, spirituality equal honesty? Yes, yes, yes. Be spiritual is to be honest. Yeah, be honest, right? I mean, a few times that I was honest in my life, my life was in danger, okay? The husband came with two of my four. It's a true story. Uh, was chasing me. Many times that I was honest. I, so why? Why? Because you don't tell everything to the people if there is no point to tell. What, 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 do, you, what do you try to accomplish? What do you try to accomplish here? What's your mission? Tell me, what's your mission? Well, the mission is the truth. The truth has to come out. Why? Why, why the truth has to come out? Well, what do you want? What do you want by that? I want to tell the truth. To tell the truth. Go to the shower, tell the truth, and come out. <laughs> why? 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 There has been, you know, a lot of time I see parents tell the truth to their kids about something. Okay, I want to tell my son what really happened before. Why you want to tell your son what happened before? What's the benefit of it to tell the truth? Your truth is not always as a value of the truth to the other person. Truth has to have a value. Value of the truth is that the other person will be able to live their life better. If there is no motivation in it, and that's what God tried to teach us, God, not Sarah, God, is changing what happened. And you go even to Abraham and say, Abraham, what is it? What is wrong with your wife? Is your wife don't even believe in me, God, that I'm telling her she will be pregnant? She believes in God. She just say there is a certain uh, uh, condition 
there is a certain condition in my husband, I don't know how to call it, capability, maybe performance capability, and because of his performance capabilities, cannot have kids. She was thinking it. Now, God knowing everything we think, so it came out. And once this came out from Abraham, then Sarah said, I didn't laugh because it would be better debate about love or didn't love than go to the next subject. So Sarah took it to the next level. And together with God, they make sure Abraham is good and safe and feel great. We learn a lot of things about Sarah, who she was. Because a lot of people, a lot of women, when they read about Sarah, they disrespect Sarah. She's very tough. She kicked the concubine, she kicked, she kicked the Ahmad, the servant, uh, with being pregnant. Everybody judged Sarah, and it's very sad. People have no idea the value. The commentary, the Zohar, he said that her prophecy ability was higher than Avram. Higher than Avram. But people don't, don't understand it they, because she's a doer. She manifesting. She said no. She not say no for this, says yes for this. So nobody will take Sarah and say to her, no, that's, no, no. It's not right, you know? But she will do it in a way, and I want to make sure that I'm saying it correctly because a lot of time we judge people who are strong. But people who are strong not necessarily are bad people. They are just leaders that take the world into a better place. But sometimes they're doing it in a way that seem uh, not considerate or not sensitive or not nice. But we have to think about the long run, is it good? You know, somebody want to clean a business to make it a better, with more profit. Those people are not nice. They're not going to be nice. They come, they shake the whole company. In two years, the entire worker make double the amount of money they make. Double the amount of money they make. They're happy now, but they hate them when they come in. Do you understand what I'm saying? So uh, you go to, uh, people get abused usually in the spin class, right? With the bicycle thing. Yeah, you want to get abused, you go there. It's wonderful, abuse.com. You go there. Now you can do it at home, by the way. You can do it at home. I can give you the number of my friend from Florida. You do it with him. If you have your bicycle, you just join a site, and they're doing it together. It's life. And he, he does it for you. If you want it with curse, it's extra money, you know? <laughs> so the idea of outcome this is okay. How come this is okay? Because I know I'm going to lose weight. How come going to the dentist or drill to your roots is okay? Because you know, later will be okay. We don't believe that in somebody, and then we say what they do is wrong. You don't have to believe in them. Say, well, I don't believe in you. But it doesn't mean what you do is wrong. You understand? Two different things. Sarah is an example. Example of how to run life. God, give us an example of just, you don't reveal every details of, of the story. Now, why three angels? Every angel can only do one thing. What is the lesson for us romantically, spiritually? When I talk to couples about fight, why they fight, is only one area, repetitive, 98% of the time. It's all about words, what they say to each other, what they meant to say, what they meant not to say, what they say and they didn't mean it that way, but they mean it in another way. It's all words. Most of the fight is words, by the way. It's only words. Talking. The one thing I would like to recommend to every couple, to every human being on this planet, and please, whoever listen to me, can you learn to do one thing at a time? One thing at a time, please. 
I know that you think you multitask and you have like thousand things and you can do phone and computer and talk to your husband and your wife at the same time. I know women, I'm not disrespecting you, that you think you can do 50 things at the same time. Cutting the onion, being on the phone and answering things and seeing your TV show while all of this. It's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, sometimes, you know, when it's come to a romantic relationship only, if you marry or if you have a boyfriend or if you have a girlfriend, when you do more than one thing, I will tell you, it will be come across sometimes as ignoring. And that sometimes stay in the heart for a long time. And then the person don't talk about it because it's embarrassing to say, hey, you're ignoring me. You know, but I'm telling you, you want to create a better relationship, work on one thing, and it's that. Do one thing at a time. When your partner is next to you, stop, drop everything. Go, let go. Let go of your digital performance issue and deal with a human being, you know, human being. There is a human being there, there's no phone, there's no computer, there is two eyes, and you're looking, and you don't have to talk a lot, yes? There is something happening. But if all what you know is I have to do more than one thing at a time, that's come from fear. What is the fear? That you don't know how to be without too many things. You know, it's not that you are capable of doing too many things, it's that you're not capable of doing one thing. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? The angel teaching us that. One angel came to cure Abraham. Other angel come to give birth to Sarah. Other angel come to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Angels. I know we think we are angels. So let's try to do one thing at a time. And, and you come back to me in three months, even in your business, and you tell me how much you accomplish doing one thing than doing two. You do two, you always forget details in one of them. One of them is not going to work. You have to learn to do one thing at a time, then climb to two, to three, to four, maybe. But do one thing and do it perfect. And try, it's a therapy. Therapy, one of the things that you can do, which I don't like doing, is called baking. Baking, let's say you leave everything and you bake one thing at a time. You know, you do this, I don't know, chocolate cake, and it has to be perfect. You have a look at the, the my, my children love to watch a chef show and all kind of, I don't know the name, it's cake show or something like that. And you see those professionals, they are into it. It's a one hour of into it. But there is nothing else exists. Nothing else. I cannot be into a cake for one hour. You know, the cream and make it's a lot of things. There's nothing. It's a stressful, very stressful. But I got it. It's it's a therapy. It's like, can I do one thing? Can I do one thing? Can you go to the gym with no phone and music and nothing? Just do the gym and hear the bicycle or the can you do that? And close your eyes so you can watch TV. Can you do that? It's a therapy. Try, try. This is one of the things. Be in the moment and do one thing. Do one thing. You will see who you are after that. After you do that, you will discover who you are. Sit on the couch. Do nothing, okay? Don't eat while you watch TV. Don't do nothing. No TV, no nothing. Just sit and do nothing. Can you do nothing? Can you do nothing? It's, a, it's scary. We are in a time that... It's scary. Will you drive? Can you only drive? Oh, there is music. Some people texting. Some people are calling and that's a great time to talk to somebody on the phone. Uh, yeah, of course. Where are we going next week? The and then as the phone drops, there is music right away with the song I like. Oh, unbelievable arrangement. Oh, great. Got to do something all the time. All the time, got to do something. But to do one thing at a time, that makes you an angel. So if you want to know what is an angel, somebody who's capable to do a perfect thing.
perfect, one perfect things. And then, if you look at a lot of times successful people, really successful people, they start with one thing. They're crazy for one thing. They were crazy for one thing. I remember when Amazon came out, I would start laughing at that, at that business. You know, they were selling books, I don't know if you remember. It was selling books company, selling book. How are you going to make money from it? We used to laugh about it in New York. I was living in New York. <laughs> books. Nobody's laughing now, you know, selling books. The idea of being only to do one thing, now we can do a billion things, not one thing, okay? But you start with one thing, try it with your business, with your relationship, with everything, you will see how far you go. Anyway, I don't want to talk too much about it. Um, there is something that happened in this week which is not so romantic, it's embarrassing, is Lot, the story of Lot, the nephew of Avram. Basically, they destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, it's explosion, try to think about atomic bomb, everybody die. And there is a father and two daughters. The two daughters give wine to their father, make sure they make love to him. The reason, because they said the end of the world is here, we have to have children. One child become one of the most famous nation, Moab, where is uh, uh, not far from Jordan, or maybe the south of Jordan, so this is like Saudi Arabia. And one child become Jordan, where Jordan donates Amman, or Ammon as they call him here. Okay? Ben-Ami, she called him. One of them give birth eventually to Moab, which is Ruth. Ruth is the grandmother of King David. King David is the grandfather of the Messiah. So with that relationship, something very interesting happened. How can that be? Because sex or relationship or having children is not just the act, physical act itself. It's about what was the consciousness. The consciousness of, of Lot and his daughter, he was totally drunk. What does that mean spiritually? Zeranpin. Those of you who know Zeranpin, Zeranpin is the delivering of not just the sperm and the energy, the delivering of the light, the delivering of the energy is sleep, like we do in Rosh Hashanah, and the Malchut is the one who take over, like what happened in Rosh Hashanah. And because of that, that give birth to something unique. So it's not just we're talking about two human beings. With Amon, okay, the second time he did it, that was involved a little bit agenda. And when it's involved a little bit agenda, it gives birth to a nation that eventually will have an agenda. So what is the most important thing in a sexual relationship, in a romantic relationship? Is your consciousness. Why are you together? It's, it's another thing you have to ask about your relationship and about your romantic relationship. Why are you together? Where is it going? What's the purpose of it? Are you best friend? Are you best friend? What is relationship? What is really relationship? Best friend. You have to be best friend with the person you're with. Otherwise, it's a nightmare. You don't want to be married to your nightmare. You want to be married to your best friend. If you're married to your nightmare, it's time to say goodbye. Because there is boyfriend or girlfriend waiting for you. Seriously. It's supposed to be your best friend. You could be comfortable next to them, hate them and love them in the same day without no problem because that's, that's friend. You talk about everything that you don't like but in a way that, of respect. They tell you and it's beautiful because you want the best for them, they want the best for you. This is your best friend. And everybody should look for a best friend. Everybody should look for a best friend. There is no, never, never too late. Never too late. And, and my dream is one time to bring a speaker here. She's 90 years old. One of the best, best person from Calabasas, friend of mine. And she will tell you about never too late. She will teach all of us, include myself, about never too late. I think I, I, I give one of you one of her book. She wrote three books. Amazing speaker, psychologist. You know? And what I love about her, I mean... I thought I have energy until I met her. This woman, my God, only cause survival. 
jump from a plane, parachute, everything. There's nothing she wouldn't do. And she can't stand people say, I don't have time, or I don't know where to find a guy. Or, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? She's the best. The best. I don't know why she comes to my mind. Hopefully God will give her long life and health because she's great. And remember, remember one thing. There's no excuse for not finding friends. No excuse for that. You don't have money, I understand, this, that, all your excuse. Find friend, no excuse. Find friend. There's Meetup, there's Facebook, there's everything. Find friend all day long. It's the most important thing. And if that ends up to be your best friend you're married to, we're good. You did your job in this lifetime. Anyway, let's skip some subject. And Isaac is born. How does that connect to romantic relationship? Well, he has to do breathe as well. He has to circumcise himself. But then come a tough part. For the women, let's say the man you love has two women. One of them is you. How does that make you feel? You're living under the same tent. What do we do? How do you, did you ever think about it? Let's, let's talk like that. Do you ever think about a situation like that? <laughs> no. <laughs> you say no. We didn't even think about it. Like it's unacceptable. <laughs> so it didn't even take, so I don't know how to answer that then. Okay. Maybe I should change the question. Maybe, uh, did you ever think about two men and one wife? No, I cannot do that, right? <laughs> oh, it's getting too quiet that when you take it in. Oh, I mean, think about it. Sarah, that's a woman. That's a woman. When we be in her sight, and today something very bad happened in Hebron, unfortunately. Hopefully they can solve that. You can read on the news. But Sarah, when you go next to Sarah, when you go next to Sarah when you're in Hebron, you need to know you're standing in front. It said that Sarah, when Eve saw Sarah come to be buried, in, because they're buried in the same site, so Eve uh, asked God to move her grave away from there. Because uh, she said, I'm ashamed. How can I be next to a woman like this? I'm a nobody next to her. I cannot be exist. Adam and Eve were so embarrassed that Sarah come into that area, said so we are not in that level. She is a very high level. We cannot manage to be in that level. Because Rabbi Shimon Bayuchai once asked if he can see where they are. They don't let him. Even Rabbi Shimon, see how Sarah. So you, when you talk about Sarah, you start have to have some respect. So you know who you're talking about. Sarah had a maid. She wasn't a concubine like many people think. She was a maid. She was a servant. Servant that was given to her by the king of Egypt. So people say concubine, wrong. Move. Not concubine. Maid. Big different, and it's it's different in the level of consciousness and and uh, strategy of how the energy flow. She say to her husband, Ishmael at that time is over 13 years old, and say he and her out of the tent. Goodbye. Avram feel it's kind of. Why? I mean, I understand women can be competitive, but you can't just kick people out of the tent. I, my, my DNA is all about welcoming, Ishmaelim, whoever passing by, not Angel, Moishe, the thief. Everybody's welcome, you know? Sometimes you have that issue with the wife. That the wife want to do something, you know, in a romantic relationship, that's where the argument begins, that it seems wrong. All of a sudden, we don't have that gift, the husband. God speak. I say, Avram, do it. It's a weird conversation. God get involved again, 
And he say, Sarah is right. You should do it. And I'm looking to all the commentary and all the Ari and the Zohar and all this and that. It's a difficult thing. And if you ask most people, Ishmaelim or whatever you call Muslim to them, because Muslims don't follow Ishmael. They follow Muhammad. It's a different religion. Because Ishmael was like all type of Arabs. And then Arabs choose the religion, then Muhammad. Then Muhammad even that split to about two or three even. There is, there is, there is not just Sunni and Shiite, there is another group. Like if you look uh, in Dam Damascus, Assad is belong to another area uh, thing. You should read about it. I mean, you should study about Islam, you understand. But Ishmael and his brother out. It's not the first time, it's the second time already. Last week we read about the first time. When she was pregnant, then she lost the baby, and then she got pregnant again, and then that's Ishmael. Ishmael was the second pregnancy. What is happening here? And this created a lot of problems for the future, a lot of animosity between Jewish and Muslim based on that, you know, based on that. What is exactly there, and why God agree with that? I can't agree with that. What exactly happened? Many opinions. One opinion said, Ishmael, who was older than Isaac, said to Isaac, hey, listen, when the father die, Avram, we're going to be half enough. Business. Sarah heard it. So what do you mean half enough? <laughs> she says, you're is the son of the maid. He's the son of the maid. You are here to wash the dishes, clean the floor, and... He happened to be with my husband. I understand, like, what is them? The governor of LA, I think, happened a situation like that, right? You know? But it doesn't mean that the act of weakness next to the laundry room going to give birth to the person who owns everything. Sarah, businesswoman, I did, you don't know she's a businesswoman until that section. And Rashi go to a big section explaining everything. I was shocked. I'm looking at it. I said, wow, there's a lot of details. So listen. There's no half enough. Okay, let's make sure. She didn't listen. She started having a little bit this. So, okay, pack your stuff. We'll give you some money to go and good luck. Now we're judging Sarah again. And God said, she's right. She's right. Not only that, God sent an angel to go with her and bless her and said, you will be one of the biggest nations. The Arabs will be one of the biggest nations in the world. There is... Many explanations to that, of course, that logically we can explain, Sarah want to make it right, justice, and all this and that. And there is rules in the universe. Sometimes we like to ignore the rules for the sake of mercy. And we think we're doing it right. The question, to do it right is because God says so, or to do it right is because that's how I feel. You have to start asking yourself those questions. When you do good, when you give charity, is because God says to give charity, or because it's nice to give charity. If you think that it's nice to give charity because you give, there is a little bit involvement of ego, of your existence. When you give because God, the channel, the creator of everything, say this is a path to go on, it's a different than the other way. And I'm not here to convince you. It's something you, you need to think about because it's a lot, you need a lot of hours to think about something like that. What is your relationship to your wife and husband, and what happened if your wife brings down to you something which is, doesn't make sense, but that's the way to go. For example, I'll give you an example. Let's say those of you eat kosher. You know, somebody come to the house and decide that tonight, for Friday night, 
חס ושלום, there is lobster. Do you tell them or you don't? You already cut the lobster, they brought, uh, what do you call it, those things that they go into surgery and they bring the whole garment. I, I saw it one time that they're wearing, like they're all covering themselves from the attack. And a lot of work, I mean, it's a, it's a job. You have to be a lobster opener. And they got uh, Friday night, you know, after Shabbat, the Kabbalah Shabbat, the Chadudi, and they come with the, you know, and so, by, by the law, if you kosher it, I'm sorry, no. You have to be the one who will say the no. But who like the person who say the no? Nobody like those people. Nobody like those people. They make the call. Do you, in your house, husband and wife, who make the call? Who is the one who make the call with the children, for example? Who is the one who make the call when it's time to say no? Or you give it to your spouse, you be the bad guy, I wanna, I wanna continue to be the good guy. Unfortunately, when you run into a romantic relationship, you have to take the weight sometimes too and be the one being not nice. You have to be the one who say no sometimes. Sarah took the hit. Avram, it said that Avram couldn't grasp that level, but because he believed in God, God said that's the right way. He realized his prophecy level he couldn't see. Sarah saw the next level too. She saw that what came after that, Ishmael, because Isaac was very nice and naive, would convince Isaac to leave the path of Avram created, because Avram just created a path of spirituality, not to believe in many gods, to believe only in one God. And she knew that Ishmael will bring him back, because he came from Pharaoh, he came from, uh, from Egypt, back to the idol worshipping. So she could see far. She said, if we start with disrespect to talk to my son about the land, this is just the beginning. The next thing, he will convince him about other things. She was not worried about the money as people judging her. She was worried about where spiritually is taking my son. If you cannot make the call with your children, if you cannot make the call with your life, if you cannot make the call to stop people from doing harm to you or negative to you, then it doesn't make you nice. It also doesn't make you stupid. It just makes you, you, you just want to live in denial like nothing happened. The lobster is on the table. Nobody, nobody gonna call the lobster on the table and you gotta call it. So many times, you know, those of you who know me, I call the thing, you know, and I, you know, sometimes we sit with people and say, I don't think that is right. Can't do that. And it looks like I'm the bad guy because whoever doesn't know all the rules, I'm calling, I say, you can't do that. So it's just a drop of milk to the meat to make it, the milk make it softer. I say, no, I don't, I don't mix milk and meat. I'm, I'm sorry to tell you about it. But no, I don't, I don't do that. No, you don't understand that taste would be totally different. And I check in the book of the halacha, and the halacha say, if a drop of milk fell into the meat, it's still kosher, which is true. I say, yeah, it's true, but this is without intention that you know it drop in. But you are dropping it in with your intention, that's wrong. So somebody will go ahead and tell a person, in a romantic relationship, in a relationship, you have to learn to say no, you have to learn to stop things when they happen wrong. And if you don't, it's not because you love the other person, it's because you love yourself. If you see your husband talking to the wrong girl, or your wife talking to the wrong guy, and it doesn't bother you, then, then, then something's wrong. You know what the Zohar say about love? If there is no jealousy, you don't really love each other. That's what the Zohar said. I don't know about you. Rabbi Shimon, right? A true love can be only defined if you're jealous for your partner. If you see, let's say, if a husband sees his wife start laughing a little bit too much with, from a joke, and it doesn't bother him, there is no connection. He goes and uh, because what, what's happening? What, what, what's, what, and then, usually, if the husband really loved the wife, he say, I don't find that funny at all. 
Right? Don't find it funny. Don't find it. It's a true story happened to me and Debbie before we get married. And I was so upset about it for five years, actually. For five years. I hold the grudge for five years. It was this guy, I can't even remember his name, Moishe. His name is Moishe. <laughs> was in Queens, New York. He tell a joke, stupid joke, such a stupid joke. I can't. It was so difficult for me to forgive. And she was laughing hysterical. <laughs> well, look, at her. first the joke was bad. You don't drink anything. What's so funny? What's so funny? I was so angry. I remember that day. What was so funny about it? You know what? How she get out of it? And I still have an issue with that. She get out of it like this, honey. I knew you loved me so much and you're so jealous that I want to laugh so you can get closer to me that way. Uh, champion, champion. My wife. <laughs> in your world, things are, cannot answer this. What do you do? I am stuck. Checkmate. Yeah, goodbye. Good, good luck. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, what can you do with this, right? What can you do? Sarah. Anyway, so the last, the last thing that we have is the binding of Isaac. The binding of Isaac meaning it almost killing Isaac. It was three men that always, almost died. One of them is Isaac, the second one is Benjamin, and the third one is Havakuk. Both of them coming from a place called Nukva. Nukva means the female aspect of energy. Okay, there is Dukha, children, meaning coming from the male aspect, and Nukva coming from the female aspect. Those three kids come from the female aspect. Isaac was belonged to Sarah, Havakuk was belonged to the Shunamit, and Benjamin was belong to Rachel. That's when the wife is the strength of the baby. So some baby has the energy of their mom around them. Some baby has the energy of their father around them. That's how it's called. It's called Nukva and Dukva. The Ari go to a long explanation why those three kids, Benjamin, almost died. When Rachel died, when she gave birth to him. That's why she called him Ben-Honi, the son of my sorrow. Yaakov say, no, we're going to call him Benjamin, the son of my right arm. He changed his name. Havakuk, where does the name come from? Havakuk from hugging. Because she couldn't have kids, Shunamit, and Elisha, the prophet, bless her. And they say, in one year from today, at Choveket Ben, you will hug a baby. So why you call him two times? Havakuk being twice hugging. Then he died when he was 13. And Elisha came to resurrect him. And when he resurrected him, he hugged him. And he used different names of Kabbalah, and he resurrected him. Elisha used to do miracles, they say, sometimes even more than Elisha the prophet. Even he was his master. And, of course, Isaac with the Akedah, with the binding of Isaac. What is that binding of Isaac business? What, what is the purpose? On the Pshat level, on the simple level, on the story level, um, Ishmael was making fun of Isaac. He said, listen, I circumcised myself when I was 13. That's really painful. You circumcise yourself when you are eight days old. <laughs> it's a joke. What did you do for God? Nothing. You are nothing. You did nothing for God. So Isaac used to pray in his prayer and say, God, please test me. God, please test me. And you should be careful not to wish things like that. There is an angel that say amen. That angel who say amen is taking, there is tradition in Sephardi community that I find it so wrong, and I talk to everybody about, to curse themselves. People cursing themselves out of anger. When you curse yourself, there is an angel who is in charge of that to say amen, and it happened. You have to be careful of the words you say. 
That's where the words in, in English came, be careful what you're wishing for, because it will happen. So you have to be careful with the words, how you speak, because you speak and the angels say, Amen. Isaac was praying for the test. He wanted to be tested. When he was 37 years old, his father was under 37. That's when it, all things happened. I know that in the carpet of Persian people, when they sell you the carpet, you see Isaac as a baby, and he come to that. No, he, wasn't, he was 37 years old. He was a strong man. He could say, no, father, take the pills, get over it already. What do you mean? What do you mean you want to kill me? I'm not, I'm not going with you. Sorry. <laughs> He's 37 years old. It's after college. He's already a man, you know? So, and... He's going and he's basically put him on the altar and about to kill him and the angel stop him. Many questions were raised there. This is twenty this is lecture by itself. Why the angel cancel what God said? God said to, to, to kill. Angel say, Don't. Angel cancel God decree. And the answer, of course, the short answer is to do harm to another human being, only God can tell you. But to save a human being, even angel can cancel that, whatever God said. So when you want to do kindness, anybody can tell you to do kindness. But if you want to do, God forbid, something armed to a human being, you never create that human being. God created that human being. God created each human being in his own image. You have to have permission. God has to come, a real God, not what you imagine to be God. Say, that's what I want you to do. All those walls that we see all over the world, I don't think God was sitting down. Everybody believed that their God belonged to them. Oh, it's my God. It's my God. It's my one God, but it's my one God. No. God has to speak to you. This is the word that you used to do in the Bible. God was speaking to David. It wasn't like he wake up in the morning, David is in a bad mood. No. And the warrior to go to fight has to be righteous. If you're not righteous, you're not allowed to go fight. You have to be perfectly righteous. That's how the army of the Israel in the time of the Bible, is to go. If somebody did the sin, he was not welcome in the army. He has to be perfectly righteous. That's what the people were allowed to fight. It's a crazy time. But today, people hey, I have nothing to do. Maybe I just hold the gun. And it doesn't work like that. Isaac represents the left column. Left column represents receiving. The binding of the left column, the binding of your desire, the binding of those desires that you can't control. So, Every time that Avram come, and that's why the man put the tefillin on the left arm to bind the desire, to, to control the desire. And the entire story of, it says, Avram sent his arm to bring the knife and to kill his son. Because his arm would not let him do it. Because he was all chesed, he was all giving. He couldn't even grab the knife and do it. Then he says, he took the branches and the trees. That's Jacob. Branches is tree of life. Avraham is right column, giving. Isaac is left column, receiving. The center column is the branches that he put on the altar. Everything is a building of what we call chesed, gvura, verachamim. Chesed, mercy, uh, judgment on the left column, or, or strength, or desire, and rachamim, uh, kindness in the middle. So you're building a system. It's not just a story about a father and son that's going. It's about combination. How to combine in your life, in your relationship, in your romantic relationship. How can you combine those three things? What do you think you have more? What do you think you don't have at all? Is strength you're missing? Are you missing personality to say no when it's needed? That's called left column issue. Are you a person who hate to share? You're too cheap? That's a right column issue. Are you losing your balance? You get confused? That's a center column issue. You have, when you read, those of you who read, hopefully, 
I understand we have Saturday morning, we're going to have the Torah reading here. I'm very happy about it. So all of you welcome to come here to the Torah. And we will stop when we say the verse, we will stop. And at that moment when we stop, you have to think about what's missing, which, which column is missing, and bring it, bring it to your life. Also, the Kabbalists say when you say that verse, if you have enemy, and hopefully you don't, you can think about any enemy in your life or any issue you have and remove it from your life. That's what the Kabbalists say. It's very important to stop in that verse and meditate and close your eyes and, and do what you need to do. What I would like you to do right now, is at the end I showed you a lot of information. I'm sure your brain is melting. So just close your eyes. We want to meditate on... I don't know if you have one person like this in your life. I do. You have one person in your life that used to be best friend or somebody you love so much, but it's no longer the same. I don't know if you have people like that. Most of us don't, but um, some do. So we want in this week, uh, in the entire week, it cannot be only tonight, to send them energy. To send energy to either your enemy, energy of health, energy of happiness, energy of love, and it doesn't make you a loser. Don't, don't judge yourself. It doesn't make you that you have less. I'm, I'm telling you, you're going to have more. But we've got to behave different than you think that person behaves with you. So let's close our eyes and think about the name of that person. If you know his parents' name, it would be wonderful because then you connect to the roots. If not, it's okay. Think about their name. And I want you to be able, if you're capable of doing that, to write their name on either a piece of paper, either on, a, on, on the grass, on the dirt, whatever way you can see their name with your eyes. And I want you in your mind to say, I'm sorry that this relationship had to end the way they end. And I also want you to say to them, I forgive you for whatever happened. And I hope you forgive me too. Now I want you to send them love, success, health, kindness. And let go. And allow the energy of Abraham and Sarah to protect you, to go with you to add to your love life. You can inhale and exhale and then open your eyes. Thank you, thank you everybody for coming. I appreciate it very much. Thank you for that.